Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to episode seventy-eight of Strangers in a Cinema. Uh, we've got—we promised a Valentine's surprise this week, didn't we? Over our many social media accounts, and I think we're going to deliver it. We've got some guests on tonight, haven't we, Pete? Well, yeah. The surprise might be that the show is going to be a complete shambles, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, we've led into this recording uh, eating pizza and kind of sitting around um, procrastinating on actually starting. Now that we have got going, we're going to do basically the same format that we usually do, but this. This week, Paul, we're swimming in women. There are there are are women left and right, or kind of right, as as far as I'm speaking. Women don't sit on your left, do they, Peter? No, they're not allowed to, mate. They're not allowed to. Um, But yeah, we we have with us, we're blessed to have the company of uh, significant others from not only myself, also over there, Paul Anderson, and one little Jack Mills. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, ladies, say, say hello. 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 <laughs> hello. Hello. Right. So, so half hearted. I know. Hello. Hello. This is they're not keen to do this. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what that is. It's so, almost like they've been virtually forced so into doing this. So we've thing. got. Can we get introductions? Yeah, well, we can. Yeah. So you can introduce yourselves if you would like, or and and your yeah. relationship to a member of the strangers team, or we can do it on your behalf. Is <laughs> that you, to you? You introduce. You should introduce you guys. Okay. So, so ask that. So I've got this is. This is my wife, Laura. Hello. Hello again. Right, Pete, who have you brought to the to show? To my right is my delightful fiance, Francesca. Francesca, introduce yourself. Hello. Nice. There Spirited. We go. And Spirited. Then Jack, who have you brought to the show? Uh, opposite to me, we have Francesca Kobe, who is my other half. We're, we're pointing around the room. It's great audio work when you point yeah. people in the, in the space. So we're basically doing the same show. We're going to have the sections that you recognise. However, we're going to kind of throw in a couple of bits that are a little bit different, starting within the foyer. Instead of doing some like wanky topic about film that we usually do, we're going to say this week, who is your Valentine? If you ignore the person that you're actually with, who would you want to deliver a Valentine to? But there's uh, a twist. You, there's a twist. Can it be you? You can, sure. <laughs> enough there's a twist Paul what is the twist the twist is so it has to be a member of the same sex wow controversial so yeah, in 2018 flipping it on its head here so the women have to pick a woman and the man have to pick a man that's yep. the man <laughs> have to pick a man like Stormzy yeah. <laughs> so starting over there with, with Jack on the uh, keyboard of steel who would you pick as your male valentine if you were put in the awkward position of doing that uh, okay, so I was going to pick Jason Momoa, but someone else picked him You've for ruined me. It now, haven't you? So I'm going to pick Tom Hardy. Tom Hart, delicious. Yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, just because he mumbles on screen, he's good looking. So, uh, those uh, lips, Jack, those I lips. Think you've gone for quite Tom Hardy esque hair today, Jack. Have I? Right. Cool. Yeah, I think you've gone for a bit of a Tom back. Hardy look there, I think, to be honest. Yeah. So. Jack, have you, have you got a, a Tom Hardy role that is like your go to when it gets to Valentine's Day? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now you put me on the spot. Now I can't think. Well, that's not fair, really, oh, is it? Surely um, it's Inception. Yeah, it's Inception. Yeah. Wait, wait, look yeah, at that. That was easy to guess, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, it's like you incepted him to get that answer out of him. Uh, Paul, have you, who have you got as a. Let's, uh, let, let's, let, let's let ladies go first. Right. Jump in in front of me. It's progressive. Couple. Yeah, couple to couple. Yeah. Frankie, you, you, have a, you have a crack. Alicia Vikander. Alicia oh, Vikander. She's really fit. Well, fair. Fa- favorite, fair. favorite. Alicia no Vikander. She's going to be. She's going to be Lara Croft soon, which people yes. are excited about. But in the past, what do you like her in most? The Danish Girl. Oh yeah. The, mm. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> oh yeah, the Danish Girl. <laughs> 
I've avoided the Danish girl because it's got my all-time favourite Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne, yeah. Paul's pretty hot um, for Eddie Redmayne. Is she good in this? Should I watch the Danish girl if I haven't seen it? Yeah, she won an Oscar for it as well. Okay. She did. Despite That's... Eddie Redmayne's presence, it's still worth a watch. I love Eddie Redmayne. Oh, get off the show. He's, no, he's, <laughs> to be fair, he's really good at looking down and looking like he might cry. Yeah, so I think he's very true. He's really good in the theory of everything as so. well. Is he, though? We yeah, need he this, fucking is. is. We need this backlash. <laughs> Swearing is okay. We Swearing is fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> I've been told there as well. Yeah, yeah he fucking is. So Paul, who's your Valentine? Jack's trying to ruin it, but it's got to be Jason Momoa. And it's got to be Jason Momoa's Aquaman. When he walks out of the sea in Justice League, I questioned my sexuality. I'm going to leave it at that. Not for the first or last time. Not for the first or last time, no. Yes, thank you for that, guys. What's the name Gadot, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah, Paul came in and he was just like, "I'm not sure which one I find most attractive." Yeah, like, it's nice tough. to see you too, Paul. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was that was. Yeah, it was a balancing act on Justice League as who was more attractive, Wonder Woman or Aquaman. I, I don't. I still don't know. Ooh. I still don't know. It would be a hardship to have to pick between them, but Laura chosen. It's Jason Momoa. Possibly, <laughs> Laura. You go in Gal Gadot, 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 or Gadot. somebody else. Well, I'm going Emily Blunt. Emily but, Blunt. Just because I bloody love is it that. is it that bit you and know Edge of Tomorrow which is a press up yes that makes you makes that bit in Edge of Tomorrow that makes everyone want to go to the gym yeah. more like yeah uh, so uh, am I next I don't know is someone keeping right. a, an yeah. order going exactly here uh, yeah yeah there yeah. is have you picked already no no, no? okay uh, so yeah I'm gonna go with. Uh, what, there are like is it a group, Henry Cavill because you love Henry Cavill. Well, there have been a group of sort of forerunners. <laughs> I could have gone Matthias Schoenartz. I, oh, I could have choice. gone uh, Scoot McNary, but I'm actually going to go Jake Gyllenhaal because he's been he's been my one and only since. Do that blinky eye thing that you do, Donnie Darko. No, like no one can see at home. Like, like, like prisoners <laughs> yeah. when he's agitated, he blinks a lot. But yeah, the guy, you know, he's sort of smouldering. He's a bit damaged. I, I feel like I can relate to him in in so many ways. And then you know, I just want to just want to hold him. I just want to hold it. Right, Fran. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the wedding's off. <laughs> Fran, who's your, who's your lady? Girl? Well, I think I might have changed what I said earlier on it was going to be because I got reminded of another person. Okay. So my new pick is Gal Gadot because I forgot that she is yeah. insanely attractive. She's alive. And, yeah. and I kind of forgot that she's like incredible. Have, got a great Instagram too. Have you noticed? Who's Gal Gadot? That's Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you noticed? Have you ever noticed that she's got the same connected earlobes that uh, Angelina Jolie has? Little facto for people over. She's got. You know, you know when your earlobes are connected to your head, like they don't dangle down or loosey goosey. She's got that as well. I think it's like a an identifier of overly beautiful. Have I got them? Oh, hold on. You have. Have I got Wonder Woman ears? I think he does, uh, yeah. No. A little bit. No. So, I don't, so I don't look like Gal Gadot. Is that no. what you're getting no. <laughs> Sorry. So no. you might not be able to comprehend the fact that the show is going to get even better than that opening section, but we'll be back in just a second with our popcorn movies. Right, so this week we're changing it up a little bit. Normally me and Pete have a couple each, but what we're going to do, we're going to do a popcorn movie per couple this week um, should we dive in first should the Andersons the Andersons oh the Andersons, the Andersons. Yeah. 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 come on the Andersons Andersons. you're better than everyone else uh, Laura what are we what film are we talking about this week and who directed it we were talking about the 
The Cloverfield Paradox, <laughs> directed by Julius Honor, I think is how you yeah. pronounce his name. Um, so The Cloverfield Paradox is the uh, third film in the Cloverfield series that Netflix announced like a bombshell on Super Bowl night and just said, here's a trailer, here it is, it's out now. Yeah. And we were joking with you, Pete, when we were talking about this film originally about the fact it would be delayed and would ultimately never come out this year. Yeah. And then it suddenly just this, appeared. This was on my list of most anticipated films of the year when it yeah. was called The God Particle and it had gone through all this kind of weird production process where now it's got glued into the Cloverfield universe. Yeah. And then, like you said, Paul, it just kind of dropped out of nowhere, which I guess is classic Cloverfield anti-marketing or whatever, and J.J. Abrams style. Did, was it any good, do you reckon? I've seen it as well, so I've got something to say, but like, what did you guys think? I think, who have you got cast-wise? You've got Gugu and Batha Raw, who yeah, who's amazing. great in this, and I think she's going to be a massive star. Chris, Chris O'Dowd, O'Dowd, who is middling right. in this. He's all right in this. Dan- um, Daniel Brühl. Daniel Brühl. I don't know what that accent was, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, Daniel Brühl, who else have we got here? just trying to think I'll look it up if you start talking about the film yeah so so basically we're kind of we're kind of in what appears initially it's going to be like quite I would say it's kind of set up as a little bit more highbrow sci-fi so similar kind of thing to Interstellar or that kind of thing Uh, or perhaps a lot of it evoked a bit of sunshine for me to be honest in terms of like claustrophobic crew working on a space station and with like sort of no escape of what's going on Um, Laura you go first what did you what did you think of this I, I liked it I was enjoying it but I, I can't remember it already. Okay. And I think when we were saying the other day, I thought I'd fallen asleep, but I hadn't. I'd seen it all. And then I remembered the end, and I'm like, yeah, it's exactly what I expected. Good. That's that. That was a good review. I'm trying not to do a spoiler. It's like, well, the bit where this happens... The, the, one, the one person I didn't <laughs> mention that might be significant to talking about, like what the deal is with this film is Zhang Ziyi's in it the, yes. the Chinese actress the who, ageless Chinese actress <laughs> yeah and um, a little bit of uh, digging around this movie reveals the fact that it seemed odd to me you know like when we talked about um, Skull Island and we had the Chinese actress and then learnt that there was this other Chinese cut that involved a lot more of her scenes because obviously yeah. mm-hmm. one billion people is worth the, the investment in, in that actress and that plot line um, in this case the distribution seemed interesting to me, having Zhang Ji in the movie. So, yeah, I dug around a little bit. There's a thing called, I think, Aikiji. My Mandarin's not very good. Um, Aikiji is basically like an online streaming platform that buys content from Netflix. Okay. So, the fact that this thing was dropping right after the Super Bowl, turns out it came out on that Chinese platform like two or three days before that market's tapped up as well. So it's not as if her presence is there for a Western audience. No, it's there because there's a yeah. billion people who might who might be attracted to the film. I don't know. Yeah. And, it, and it all felt like a little bit, uh, I, I don't know, for for a kind of focus group audience, maybe, this movie. I, don't know. I, I kind of agree. I think it... it, it... I liked it enough, as as you said, and I think it was fun. And I don't. I think if you go into it expecting, but if you think about it, it is a Cloverfield film at the end of the day, so it is going to appeal. And it's a Cloverfield film that Netflix supports, so it's going to appeal to a mass audience. And I think it does a good enough job of being an entertaining enough sci-fi thriller with with some weird goings on, and there's there's some half decent gore in here. But if you compare it, even if you compare it to something like Sunshine, or even even dare I say it, my namesake's film, Event Horizon. I just don't. I don't think it, it committed enough to either, like the the high, the, like the hardcore sort of nerdy sci-fi, 
or like the the all round sort of rollicking action adventure. I think it it towed a middle ground, and I think for, for what it was, it was fine. But I think it I was it could have been a lot better. The the cast rescue it a lot. I think Google about the raw rescues it. I don't know about yeah. everyone. I think Daniel Brühl seems a bit weird here. Zhang Ji is obviously getting paid well. Uh, Chris O'Dowd just seems to be like blundering about the place, like you know. Uh, just the token comedy Irish guy. I don't know. It's no offence to him because he's a good actor. But also, like, a lot of this movie just straight up doesn't make sense. Well, do you think that... Dude Full of Worms, for example? Yeah, but do you think that's because of the Cloverfield tie-in? I mean, Laura, what did you think of the fact it tied into Cloverfield? Would you would you have preferred would it to be a standalone Would you have watched the movie yeah. if it wasn't a Cloverfield movie? It's, it's just, just a sci-fi Netflix thing. I think I probably would have been made to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, come on. Yeah, um, true. But it's true, uh, though, isn't it? <laughs> I probably it didn't do anything different, so there wasn't like that anything to really entice me other than the fact that it was just on Netflix. Yeah. And it was in some way linked in and I kinda of wanted to see how it was linked in. Yeah. Because I, did, I was at the start, I did that thing where I'm like, I reckon this is how it's gonna go. And I, think I was it, really disappointed that that's exactly I think what it happened. linked in better than the awful tacked on ending they put on Ten Cloverfield Lane though to link that film yeah, into that the Cloverfield felt at universe. Least you were asleep for the end of Ten Cloverfield Lane, so don't was pretend I? yeah, don't pretend you saw the <laughs> but end. It, but it's you fell asleep at the right time. <laughs> it's worth pointing out as we discussed Paul when we did the sort of preview of the year that Ten Cloverfield Lane was originally a movie called The Cellar as a standalone movie that was then, you know, bought to be in the Cloverfield universe. It wasn't designed to be where it was positioned in the end. And the same with this thing being called The God Particle and stuff. This was going to be a mid-budget sci-fi movie where people got scared. It isn't a Netflix original. It's been sold to Netflix, you know, later. You know, interestingly, day. Netflix bought it for $15 million yeah. and put the film immediately into profit. Yeah, incredible. Which is crazy. But think about the platform's audience at this point. Hasn't Netflix just passed 100 million and yeah. then you've got this Chinese They're platform paying like seven pound a month or equivalent of. I mean, they can they can afford to and it's everywhere like yeah. as soon as you get anywhere near any Netflix uh, interface it's shoved directly down yeah. your throat so you're not going to miss I think but going back to the film I think I, I think I'm, I'm was it a bit of, long? no I don't think so I, I, think, I just think it was it I was, just think it tailed off towards the it's end it's fun I mean if for a sort of Friday night fun throwaway kind of horror sci-fi I think it's fun I think it's probably getting a little bit too much of a hard time from a lot of critics and I think a big part of that is the Netflix release I think a lot of traditional critics are still very anti the Netflix release model because they like to see things in the cinema. But it, it's okay. It wasn't It yeah. wasn't awful. When, yeah. By a lot of critics, you mean David Ehrlich because he's always yeah. s- <laughs> yeah. slagging yes. all this yes. stuff. Um, Jack and Frankie, um, I'm going to wait you guys both up because we have bored you to tears. Not at all. No, uh, what so. have you guys been watching recently at your house or in the cinema? Oh, so... At our house the other day, we watched a, a well. For me, it was quite a lovely film called uh, Wonder, directed by Stephen Chbosky. Yeah, uh, you've named a director. Jack. Yes, yes. This, got it. Is this a brand new movie? Uh, so this came out the latter end of last year. So I think it was release date first of December, right? Um, last year, as I just said. Um, Frankie, would you like to? tell the audience a little bit about this film there's a theme emerging here where you just take your other half and put them on the spot and then they have to squirm their way out of that situation Um, okay so Wanda was about a little boy who was called Ozzy um, and he was Oggy in fact Oggy his name is actually August Oggy Um, and he's starting middle school for the first time and he's been homeschooled his whole life because he was born with severe facial deformities and it's basically about like the struggle that he had. It sounds it sounds harrowing. Um, it was surprisingly heartwarming, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah, definitely. 
it was really really good we really enjoyed it but it was very kind of it kind of calls into question just anything to do with people with facial deformity so this this film is from a book and the book was written by a woman who basically she went into an ice cream shop with her daughter and there was a little boy in there who had severe facial deformities or a little girl I think actually um and her her child was so scared that they started crying their eyes out and they had to leave the shop so she wrote this book about like what it would actually be like to be that little boy who had people crying in the yeah, street and stuff yeah not not pleasant no. It's, it's, there's some quite big names in this, isn't there? If I yeah, so right. you've got um, Owen Wilson, who plays uh, Oggy's dad. Uh, Oggy's played by a young actor, obviously, called Jacob Tremblay. Oh, Tremblay Jacob oh. from Rue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or uh, Tremblay, as Rue. apparently she yeah, correct yeah. people. But, uh, yeah. you, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily know. be able to tell that from his on-screen performance. Mm. Um, and it's got Julia Roberts as his mother, who is... She loves art and stuff like that but she's been more focused on bringing up this uh, this boy um, homeschooling him and I thought the connection there was quite good you didn't really there weren't really on screen that much it was more focused on uh, the young boy Oggy so I, I have to say I saw the trailer for this and I avoided it because I thought it looked a bit schmaltzy and a little bit OTT is yeah. it that or is it is it better than that should I I would say it's definitely worth seeing but I do know what you mean by saying it's a bit over yeah. the top. But what it kind of does to try and like loosen it up a bit, I think, is it does like his life and then it says somebody else's name on the screen and then it does like his sister's life who feels oh, like okay. she's ignored because of her brother and then like her sister's best mate. So I think if it was all centred on him the whole time, it would get a bit like that. But when you look at different perspectives of his life from other people, it actually makes it really good. Okay. Should and we watch is... it together? Would you recommend we watch it on a date night? Yeah. Since it's a Date night. He film. got teary. <laughs> I did. Uh, teary. By the end of it, yeah, I was, I was all over the place. I, I mean, I cried at Dark Knight Rises, as regular <laughs> listeners. Will know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment from me. It's it's so. worth mentioning Stephen Shabosky, which is incredible. You've done well with the pronunciation because yeah. I've never seen a name like that before. <laughs> no. But is uh, the writer director behind the perks of being all flower, which I quite liked. Okay, and um, also was a writer on the newer version of Beauty and the Beast, which right. you've seen, right? Yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah so we saw that. He's got some else. got some pedigree, so it sounds like yeah. I like Owen Wilson as well. I quite like him. He's I, yeah, I think damaged, for some people, if you see you know <laughs> Owen Wilson as cast, you sort of think all these rubbish American comedies, and I think that puts a lot of people Ouch. off. Well, I, I yeah, mean, he, he's made all of my favourite American comedies, Jack. Okay, then. Well, including <laughs> including the, <laughs> the, the internship uh, in the internship, the yes. number two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go go watch it. Cool. So. Yeah, we, we watched something. Didn't and Fran, we? in fact, sorry. So, <laughs> to, to give a tiny little backstory here, like, for this episode, we were going to do uh, Fifty Shades Freed, because uh, Fran and I have been lucky enough to see the first and second instalment in that scintillating we're trilogy. So yeah, we really are. Um, but instead of doing that, uh, we decided to, like, save ourselves and watch something that's genuinely a bit romantic. I'm relieved that you didn't, because I have to say, we were talking about the Fifty Shades Freed review, and I thought, well, if we're going to do that, I can't really not watch the other Fifty Shades films. So yesterday morning, I sat down and I watched Fifty Shades of Grey, and it was bollocks, like absolutely bollocks. So I'm so glad when you said we're not doing Fifty Shades Freed anymore, because that means I didn't have to sit through Fifty Shades Darker and didn't have to watch Fifty Shades Freed. And Fran, from what you've said, Fifty Shades of Grey compared to the sequel, is that Fifty Shades Darker is a masterpiece. Is that? I think they were all terrible, but the first one is always the least bad because yeah. you don't have anything 
for it to live up to, I think. And then once you see the sequel, I just dread what the third one's going to be like. But we all go and see it. Yeah. Just because you've got to, you know, got to end the story. And I'm never reading the books because I'd rather be shot. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, anyway. Well, the the movies were quite instructive because that's how I got the idea to uh, take control of Francesca's uh, mobile phone. Control. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Stop the conversation. (laughs) One of our party has apparently read the book. All of the books? I just read a lot of books. (laughs) (laughs) There there are three books for three films, right? I was 16. I remember getting them in a brown paper bag. Isn't there four books now? There's four, isn't there? Isn't there one from his perspective? Yeah, I'm not reading it. Is there actually? You know what, though? No shame. I don't know how I know that. And my mum was reading it on holiday in Cuba, and a man went up to my dad and went, Do you let your wife read this stuff? Yeah. Oh, drop that bomb. While your dad was reading Club Magazine. (laughs) 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 Anyway, sorry. So we we watched uh, the we watched the original Fifty Shades of Grey back in the innocent eighties, and that's when Harry Met Sally. Jessica, we watched when Harry Met Sally. Uh, directed, of course, by Rob Reiner and written by uh, Nora Ephron, uh, the late Nora Ephron. Um, this is a film that I saw probably when I was about fifteen and haven't seen since. And um, going back to it, I really, really like it. And I think Billy Crystal's really good. Meg Ryan's really good. What did you think? I really liked it. I just think that Billy Crystal looked way too old to be in the role that he was supposed to be, particularly when they're yeah. like students and he looks super old and she doesn't just rang a bit untrue. Yeah, for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I mean, the film opens up in, uh, they're, they're both graduating college. He was 41 or something. Yeah, they're time. supposed to be like 21, 22 and he, he's 41 years of age when they made the movie, I think. Uh, and then Meg Ryan's a bit more of a realistic kind of late 20s. I think he looks older in it. He does, and it looks yeah. a bit weird. I mean, when they get to the third, kind of third act part well, where yeah. he's supposed to be older, then it works. Just but about. Earlier on, it's a like, bit weird. He just always looks much older than her throughout the whole of it because he is. And I think that's the bit that looks a bit, it just doesn't He, he wears a bit of skinny fit down him to try and make him look younger but that doesn't always work you but put a four year old man has, in but his face still has lines and that can't be taken away true I mean what I did think, we think of the film guys rather think, than his oh face. sorry <laughs> yeah I think the thing that I like most about When Harry Met Sally is that it is as much as a sort of um, big popular sort of Hollywood movie a rom-com can be it's quite realistic because the movie is about two people who know each other for a long time before they actually get into this sort of what might be quite a successful relationship going forward. Like, we see so many rom-coms where it's just like two people meet, they make out, they go home together, and then we're supposed to believe that they're now in love. But we've got no reason to really believe that. Whereas in this movie, you've seen them sort of chip away at each other for a long time and uh, come to some sort of, like, shared opinions or some common ground... And over the space of what, like 12 years, 10 years or something? It takes them um, 12 years and three months to get to the end of the film. 12 years and three months, yeah. So it seems like you, for once you get to see a relationship that actually develops, right? And you get to see two adults have conversations with each other. Talking of conversations, Fran, I've, I've kind of talked all over this review, but... Well, darling, I'm used to it. <laughs> so am I, so it's fine. <laughs> I let you speak for me, it's we, okay. We liked it though, right? It's I a, really liked it. It's a I romantic movie. The quirky bits in it, like the orders that she would put in, which are a bit like confusing and it's basically incredibly how, picky. Well it's incredibly like how I order things and I make you and get me things. So Yeah, what's the order like? Uh, oh I'd like an apple pie and I want it warm but not with vanilla ice cream, with strawberry ice cream. But if you don't have strawberry ice cream, I'd like some whipped cream, but not whipped cream from a can. And if it's only whipped cream from a can, then I'd have the apple pie. 
but not warm. That, see, that's so wow. natural for you to reel that off that it's almost like that's what you do in real life. That is what I do. Like, I will ask if you get me some bread and cheese, oh. but not bread with cheese, bread and cheese separately. Yeah, that was yeah, come on, Pete. The day after we saw this movie, I went to see Fran at work and she genuinely said that. I'd like bread and cheese. And I said, shall I get you a cheese sandwich? No, I don't want a cheese sandwich. I want some cheese. I want some bread. So I went away and made sure that that happened, otherwise I'd be in trouble. But yeah, when Harry met Sally, really good. Uh, we should get out of this review, I suppose. Fantastic. Right, well, in which case, so that was Popcorn Movies. We'll be back shortly with a slightly different coming attraction section. And back we are. Pete, uh, coming attractions, explain the differences this week. Uh, why are we doing this? <laughs> explain the differences. <laughs> Basically, we're just going to, like, if anyone has an idea around our table, there are, we're six strong today, uh, as you may know. Uh, anyone has a film that they're looking forward to seeing in the not-too-distant future, throw it out there. Um, we could maybe start with, Fran, your runner-up for Valentine Crush, I believe, is Jennifer Lawrence, and she's got a new movie coming out, hasn't she? Yeah, Red Sparrow. Why are you excited about this? Because she wears an excellent bathing suit. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, also, I just really like her as an Is he your favourite guy in that scene as well? Who? Yeah, yeah, that's still yeah. 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 Not a man crush, just probably one of my favourite I thought it was a man crush until this podcast. No. All, all has become true. It's only. Uh, I don't know you at all. <laughs> How are you even married? Yeah. It's only when he's an orc that Paul finds him sexually attractive. Yeah. An orc. Yeah. Thing about him. Oh god, that yeah. was awful. We didn't even watch that, did we? No, did we? no, we turned it off. Yeah, we turned, turned off. it off. How did you turn it off? Right? Was Netflix film? I don't know. I think it's alright. You know, I think it's. I'm with you, Jack. I think it's alright. I think so, it's alright. Yeah. Any more movies coming out we're, we're interested so, in seeing? So, I've got one. It's called Venom, uh, and it stars my favourite love interest, Tom Hardy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He's uh, a love interest now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah absolutely. Um, so, this uh, also stars Michelle Williams, um, who is actually popping up in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, is in our favourite movie, The Greatest Showman. Um <laughs> Tom Holland is in it, obviously, because him being uh, Spider-Man, he's coming back for his role. I didn't know that. You've ruined yeah. it for me now. That. Cheers, Jack. Tom Spoiler Holland. Warning. Tom oh, Holland. It's not even in the trailer. Oh, but he's but it's on. Uh, it's on IMDb. IMDb. It's which, in the public domain. Yeah, Don't the take public this domain. shit, Jack. All right, right sorry. You've ruined it. So this Are you movie. You're me, Jack. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie is still in post-production, but it is. In, expected on the 5th of October yeah. at the end of the year they, and they dropped a trailer recently which I think was quite like you, widely panned for being fairly disappointing you couldn't really tell anything from it no I just think, you don't you really know, know what the movie's about uh, Tom the film will face probably end up on Netflix, Netflix tomorrow yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. exclusive yeah. it's coming yeah, so um, any others Laura Rampage Rampage super excited for this tell so, us about Rampage so it's about uh, don't say it's about the rock because there's, we know there's that. a new Bay Ball movie called Rampage but that's it's, it's disconnected different, yeah. right carry on it's, it's about the rock and it's not about uh, the rock <laughs> oh, of <laughs> course still a bat gorilla yes that's all I need to say I think isn't this the rock like jumping out a helicopter and jumping like 100 meters yeah, that's, that's skyscraper that's skyscraper yeah. yeah so Rampage is based on an old Atari video game I think from the 1980s where just you control a giant monster that goes around smashing up a city and they've decided to base a film on this I'm super uh, excited I thought it. you would be more 
There's no robots. So what is this? This is skyscraper. Then? There's no robot. No, Not so like skyscraper it. is a different. We're confusing the audience here. Skyscraper is another film where <laughs> the, the rock, rock jumps around. Yeah, that that was was I was saying, sorry, um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock. Johnson. Oh, yeah, not just a rock. Let's use his yeah. full name. I mean, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yes, yeah, well, so it's, it's a big. Oh. It's a big CGI it's gorilla, a big CGI crocodile, and a big CGI bat wolf thing. I think. Wolf with wings. All fight. Wolf with wings. Okay. Yeah, and they've just released another trailer, haven't they? Yeah. Soon. Summer. Generically, so twentieth of April. Okay, blockbuster season starting earlier and earlier. Isn't it? That is rampage. So, uh, maybe they should move so, the release date of rampage. I don't know. <laughs> so, the, to get us out of that moment, there's a movie coming out with an actual release date of fe- February the 23rd, so not long away at all. Oh, close. Uh, from Cleo Barnard. Cleo Barnard is the director of The Selfish Giant, and she is fantastic. It's called Dark River um, and stars uh, Mark Stanley and Ruth Wilson and uh, Sean Bean. Uh, birds oh, aren't like people. Really? Bees aren't like people, they don't lie. The bees don't uh, lie. Yeah, it's, it's Sean Bean's in it as well. Uh, I'm excited because she's a director who's amazing, so that's enough for me. Uh, and apart from that, I would say, Francesca, that um, on this Valentine's Day, the movie that I'm looking forward to most is uh, called is a Polish movie, and it's called You Have No Idea How Much I Love You. Right, Aww. that's the end of the section. Oh, fantastic. Did you have a film, What's Frankie? What <laughs> <laughs> just happened? I was, <laughs> I was checking that I got it this birthday right. <laughs> Uh, Pete got all romantic. Pete got um, very romantic. Suddenly. Things got a little bit weird. Uh, and do you have any films you're excited about? Um, it's already out, but I want to see Itania. It's not out yet. It's, it's not, not out on general release. Out it's been we, out. We caught a preview, it's so it's not out yet. Yeah. So that's a good shout. Oh, was it an unlimited screen? It was. Unlimited people can go yeah. to. Yeah. Indeed, it was. Unlimited unlimited screen, sat yeah. at home. And, and, and it's an amazing segue because in just a moment we'll come back with our feature reviews. One of which is, in fact, Itania. The other one will be Black Panther right after this. So yes, as we said about less than a minute ago, uh, one of our first feature review will be I, Tonya from director Craig Gillespie. Pete, as ever, set this one up for us. So um, this movie uh, tells the story, you've really thrown that on me, of, uh, it tells the story of Every Tonya... week we do this. Yeah, you do. <laughs> tells the story of Tonya Harding. Tonya Harding was uh, a, an ice uh, figure skater who came up in an era when... The fact that she was basically from uh, the, the wrong side of the tracks wasn't accepted by the establishment. She wasn't um, pretty enough or sort of didn't have the smoothed off edges that the skating world wanted at that time. And famously went to the um, Olympics having been involved in, to a lesser or greater degree, the injuring of her direct opponent, uh, her closest opponent for gold at that particular Olympics. Um, the skater Tonya Harding here is uh, played by Margot Robbie and Margot Robbie's an exec producer on the movie as well. I think this is kind of a passion project for her it seems like. Uh, in the film as well we have uh, Alison Janney playing her mother who is sort of full of bile and hate and, and sort of <laughs> you know gaslighting her to within an inch of her life. And um, who else have I missed out? Uh, Bobby Cannavale has fun in this one. Uh, Sebastian Stan who's almost 
unrecognisable playing her partner as she comes up in the skate Mark Hamill is game. He, is he? He's a spit of Mark Hamill. Yeah. I found a photo, it's not relevant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll put up a photo. We can put up a photo <laughs> of him, it looks like Mark Hamill. Yeah, sorry, Pete. So, so yeah, what, what we get with Itonia, and we'll go to a clip in a moment, is a lot of sort of fourth wall breaking uh, to tell this story of um, double crossing and, um, yeah, d- d- I don't know what the words are that I'm looking for, like slight evil doing around the, the fairly prissy world of ice skating. Here's a clip. Darn you. You suck. What is this, rednecks on ice? An ice capade? You know what? Hey, hey. wanted to Whoa, here she comes. No free. woman in the history of U.S. figure skating has landed a triple axle. All of those women who came before you, not one of them did it. Ignore him. Hey, hey. The Skating Association doesn't think you can do it. Trashy Tanya doesn't belong. Your mother doesn't think so. Now show him. So, yeah, as Pete, you, you said it out very well there. It's For me, it, I, I hate to say this, and we've talked about this before, it's a, it is an interesting film. I just, I had no, I had no prior knowledge of Tonya Harding at all. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the world of figure skating. Um, and I think the, so the, I think maybe you would appreciate the film a little bit more if you had prior knowledge of the subject matter. Um, for me, I liked it, but it didn't quite know, I don't think, whether to commit fully to a comedy <coughs> or go more down the drama route. Um, I very much, the performances, I think, are great. I think Margot Robbie's superb. Alison Janey, I think I'd be very surprised if she isn't scooping an Oscar uh, for Best Supporting Actress, because she is absolutely fantastic in this. I've always quite rated her as an actress, but to see someone so bile, bile full and just sort of full of venom, she's incredible in this. She's a She's a force to be reckoned with, I think, on screen. Uh, and I think that the film misses her a little bit when, when she when she isn't on screen. And there's, there's some kind of fourth wall comment that she makes the camera, or they've, they've kind of written me out now, the film's not so much about me. I think when it's when it's funny, it, it is very funny. Pete, step in here. What, do you agree? What's yeah, your... well, I was going to say that um, the title card at the very beginning of the movie tells you that the movie is based on irony-free, wildly contradictory and totally true interviews. Mm. I mean, from the get-go, it's not trying to give like an objective account of what happened. The film's concerned with the very subjectivity or the very subjective nature of, of the story, right? So yeah. this is uh, Tonya Harding's story as told by Mar- Margot Robbie. It's not too interested in telling the stories of some of the other people who might have a very different version of events. Yeah. Um, and then we get, yeah, like her, Alison Janney, her, her mother character has her own perspective and that kind of illuminates like this cycle of violence thing, whether it's like physical or sort of mental abuse, where she's, she's just been like, for want of a, a more polite word, just like shitting on her daughter for her entire life and then kind of explains that away because she was treated the same as she was growing yeah. up. So the Tonya Harding character becomes naturally um, and fairly easily sympathetic, but I don't think the film goes too far in that direction. And I don't think that Margot Robbie either wants to portray this character as sort of faultless. We see her, you know, like stubbing out cigarettes with her ice skate, that kind yeah. of thing, you know, it, drinking when she should be training, hanging with the wrong people when she should be focusing on her career. Um, Fran pointed out quite rightly when we were going into this that 
one of the central points here is that Tonya Harding was not only one of the top competitors, but she was the first American skater to attempt the triple axel, which is this like crazy spinning aerial move, incredibly high level of difficulty and danger. And instead of being lauded as this real pioneer of the sport, people were looking to basically pick holes in, in you know, her background and her upbringing and her flaws and defects and all those things. And so I think what we get is a fairly um, interesting, fairly, I hate that word and you've used it and I've used yeah. it, a fairly interesting though, balanced uh, representation of a woman's sort of flaws and all, all the way through to this kind of denouement part of her career where she's slugging it out in a boxing ring to try and make a buck, right? Am I the only one who watched this movie and thought, like, it's hard not to parallel the story with other great falls from grace in sports? I think about people like um, Ben Johnson, the Canadian sprinter who got popped for, for drugs. And yeah. was, you know, in the film they say, uh, at first you're a headline, then uh, you're hated, and then you're a punchline, something like that. And that would apply to him. And more recently, Ronda Rousey. The movie made me think of Ronda Rousey quite a lot, because here's a woman who's got to the very top. People are looking to pick holes in her and when she falls she crashes to the ground and people want to put the boot in I mean I, yeah, I enjoyed the movie to, to cut a, a long explanation short I, I enjoyed the movie I don't think it's perfect I think it it does a lot of the fourth wall breaking stuff that the big short did and I think um, that's both uh, enjoyable and, and like there's some witty yeah, writing just, there but it, I think the, the, the difficulty with things like this is whether because it's it's got it's kind of forced to follow true life events I think certain characters go too soon for the sake of it being an entertaining product. So Alice and Jenny's character, as I mentioned earlier, she's incredible in this, right? She's She is, like a, a for me anyway, she, she's great in this. And there's certain elements that I think that just, they're taken away too soon. And I understand that is for the accuracy of the story. And obviously, as much as she's not telling an exact reproduction of events, obviously she can't just make things up. So if the mother wasn't present for a latter part of the story, then the mother needs to be written out of the script. But I just think, it just it's she's such a presence here that it's just lacking her... When she when she leaves the screen, who else has seen this here? Fran, did you? Fran, seen it. Fran, what did you think? What did you think? Yeah. Now you're on the spot. Because <laughs> because it's interesting <clears throat> because I knew of Tonya Harding going in because I am old as fuck, whereas Fran, fresh faced and young, wasn't so aware of of the the skate world at that time, right? You're really into figure skating now, but not yeah, really. Yeah, I really love figure skating, but I, don't, I wouldn't claim to know any like figure skaters at all. I just like watching figure skating because it's a pretty sport and that's why I like it. So from that point of view, did because the skate scenes in this film are fairly important, fairly prominent, did you think that like it did a good job of showing skating? I or? mean, the one thing I that did kind of pop into my head a little bit was it kind of like when they obviously have to put Margot Robbie's face to look like she's skating made me really think of Blaze of Glory when they had those weird <laughs> yeah, that is actually yeah, I haven't thought of Blaze of Glory but yes yeah, that's, that's I was probably just the, thinking there like yeah. oh man no so is it not Margot Robbie then did she not, well no she can't do she a triple axle well she learned to skate yeah, but the, the, the more like, technical the level stuff. of skating that would be expected right, of her yeah, there's not a chance yeah, to yeah, like, like, so she's obviously you can tell the bits when she's skating because it's like skating around but like as soon as obviously someone else is skating you can see they've kind of like green screened it or like I don't know how they do it but it looks just a bit weird 
<laughs> Can you say that a bit louder? Weird. Weird. <laughs> I don't know how to say it, but it's like, you know... Did you enjoy like, the film overall? Though, I say? did, yeah, I liked it. I and just thought it was quite sad. It made me feel quite sad. It is quite tragic in places, I would say. Because you just like think to yourself, like, oh, if only like certain parts of her life, maybe like in everyone's lives, if yeah. things had just been slightly different, maybe she would have been more successful and right. not and, mess up her life. And maybe... And it, and had I, mess, I, messed up. Yeah, I think as well it, it feels at points a bit dispiriting because it feels like she never really had a chance. Like, she did amazingly with the opportunity that she got, but because of where she's from and because of how she was perceived, even though she's smashing the game in terms of doing the most impressive tricks, compared to Nancy Kerrigan, which I don't think we've mentioned to this point, who is her big rival in the movie, Nancy Kerrigan has the look, so she can go stratospheric, like uh, like Henry Cavill or someone like that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Tonya Harding doesn't, and for all her talent, she's always going to have her wings clipped by people around her who, who don't think that she fits. Her face doesn't fit in that situation. So that felt a bit sad, because it felt like if you're not from the right family or right background, maybe you don't have a chance either, or not at the very highest yeah, it's interesting. Again, we've used the word interesting again. No, I think it's overall. I think it's an enjoyable film. Like one you should definitely check out when it's on release. So Frankie, Frankie, definitely see it. It's it, there's there's a lot to like about it. I would say it's more silver medal than gold medal though for my, uh, oh, for my taste before yeah. we totally wrap it up Paul can we give I think Fran will co-sign on this one can we give shouts to uh, an actor called Paul Walter Hauser this is the guy in the movie that you won't know their name but you'll know his character he's the quote unquote mastermind oh, yes. behind the Nancy Kerrigan uh, you know leg knee smash uh, operation and that actor does such a great job of getting. You see the real the guy end. at the end when they show when they show a picture. Looks the of him. He looks the spit of him. Yeah, it's Terrifying. amazing. Yeah, and and that guy uh, talking of Ronda Rousey and shoehorning in MMA as I always do. Uh, we've seen him before because. Oh yeah, that that oh. Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, That's he's he's show. in an MMA uh, drama called okay. Kingdom, or it's around the world of MMA, and he plays virtually the same character okay. but like is as fantastic so if you haven't heard of it or you care about that kind of stuff check out Kingdom as well and like Paul said I think this isn't going to maybe trouble the sort of top 10 of the year but it was a, an enjoyable film whilst it lasted yeah. whilst still being quite quite tough and quite sad at, at moments I think we will be back though won't we Paul with another review in just a moment what are we reviewing second uh, I'm going to not put on a dodgy South African accent to do it uh <laughs> Yes, I am. Black Panther. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we've got next. (laughs) So, yes, this is the latest Marvel effort. uh, Black Panther, um, starring Chadwick Boseman and directed (laughs) by... Ryan Coogler. Thank you. Uh, Pete, turn this one up. Ryan well, Coogler, because you're not that au fait with Marvel, are you? It's up to you. But. Well, uh, I was just going to say that Ryan Coogler is is a guy that people will know from directing uh, quite recently Creed and before that Fruitvale Station, both of which starred Michael B. Jordan, who is in this film too. And you know, there are a couple of people in the room who might have been more happy than others that Michael B. Jordan was in this thing. Yeah, it was me. I was yeah, fully down. erect throughout. throughout <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, I mean to to vague set it up Black Panther tells the story of well Paul you tell me is is Black Panther kind of like a fringe Marvel character yeah, I, or is that not fair no I wouldn't say so to be fair I wouldn't okay. say so um, just I'd never say, brought to the big screen no, I think though, well right? basically you, you had to, to go back through the Marvel thing so I would say like Iron Man most of the characters that they've released films of thus far I'd say would be 
would have been considered fairly fringe characters because the rights to all the big, big earners had gone to other studios at the time when Marvel started making their own films. So like Spider-Man went to Sony, they've just got Spider-Man back. Wolverine is with Fox. Um, so like the, the X-Men are with Fox. So, they, so they've got they've got their characters back and now they've started developing more and more of their characters. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's necessarily a fringe character as such. He's still got his own line of comics. Um, so still, still a major player. Um, so this film sits, I think, well, certainly sits after Civil War. Um, yeah, this is the bit where I get totally yeah, lost. Yeah. It's like, so where does you, it go in there? Because we were talking and you said, have we seen Black Panther before? I was like, yeah, he's in Civil War. And yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's set after, after the events of Civil War um, and I think will lead into possibly the first Infinity War film by the, by the looks of it, I think. Um, and the character of Black Panther, as I said, played by Chaz, Chadwick Boseman, uh, has is coming to the terms of the fact he's becoming king because his father was assassinated. A In king this of, like mythical African yeah, land, yeah. So basically, it's a mythical African land that's been hidden away for hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of years because they. It's essentially this, El Dorado, right? Yeah, they say it's, it's not. Sa- it was supposed to be in South America, but it's actually in Africa. Yeah, and it's called built Wakanda. on built on a mountain of vibranium, which is what Captain America's shield is made out of. Made out of. So it's incredibly technology advanced. They've got a lot of money, but they cut themselves off from the outside world. So he is coming to terms with the fact that he is going to be king of this nation and it being a Marvel film uh, there is an antagonist uh, played by Michael B. Jordan who is beautiful let's, let's get it out of the way and, well, and, and the, the, the link I suppose to sort of more contemporary events is that the Michael B. Jordan character has landed or, or gets to land in, in Wakanda eventually because he was the witness to a, a killing that occurred in Oakland in the on the south coast of the United States, uh, in California, when he was a kid, right? Yeah. So this is kind of like the backstory for why he's got this um, vendetta against yeah. the the current standing king, who's Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Um, so the film is clearly, and I mean Ryan Coogler is a smart guy. The film is sort of front loading with this idea of um, connecting gang um, violence in the United States in the nineties and beyond with this kind of superhero world and these sort of magical elements. But before we talk more about that, here's a clip. So yeah, that gives you uh, a sense of a sense of what, what to expect. And again, as it's a Marvel film, it, it is it is action heavy. Um, I I'll be honest, I, I came into this thinking another Marvel film. Here we go again. Yawn. I was just I did not expect to enjoy how, this. How did you go into a movie directed by Ryan Coogler? Because it's with another that Marvel. Attitude. Because it's yet another Marvel superhero film. But, but, and, and we've talked about this before because there have been there have been Marvel films. That are just producers' films and don't have any of the director left in them. Yeah, true. Um, and that's why you know, look at Star Ryan Johnson Star Wars. I don't think that feels like a Ryan Johnson film at all. But enough of that. We've had my rant on that. <laughs> so th- th- this was my concern. And I, th- I, every time I go in, I think maybe I'm getting a little bit tired of, of traditional superhero films. Um, but it's not traditional, though. In the end, is it? No, and this is, and, this is yeah, and yeah. I was wrong. I, and I fully admit I was wrong. And I really 
really enjoyed this. I, I really did. I think the cast is superb. You said Michael B. Jordan as the villain injects some genuine life into a Marvel villain. That's normally the weakness, with the exception of Loki. I could struggle to even name you uh, a Marvel villain, to be honest. Um, so that's that, that makes a massive difference. And also, I think, and touching on what you said just before the clip, is that we've actually we've gone bold enough here to actually relate this to something in real life so yeah. basically persecution of black people um and african americans and, and how they've been persecuted and michael michael b jordan's killmonger has decided that, in, that enough's enough and why aren't wakanda doing more to help the persecute persecuted black people which by, is incredible by extension paul like black on black violence yeah because what we what it sort of devolves into is this infighting between clans um in tribes wakanda and around yeah tribes around wakanda where uh it's hard not to see the resonance of that conflict in sort of the modern world and not to spoil anything or say exactly what happens but there's a sort of postscript scene in which Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther character or T'Challa I think he's called gives uh, a speech about uh, division and unity that is I think one of the, the most sort of inspiring post well post credit sequences might not usually be inspiring but this is certainly the most inspiring of the it's ones certainly I've one of the better ones seen. Yeah. 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 yeah so I think yeah and I think it, it so that that element alone is great but even even if you take it as as a as a straight down the line superhero action film I think it succeeds on that like the set pieces are fantastic. We're backed up by a Kendrick Lamar scored soundtrack, which is great. Um, the set pieces are dripping with colour. They're a celebra- celebration of ev- all things African, and it does make this. It does make the film, I think, stand out from a lot of the other Marvel films, which, although could be described as colourful, I think all have a very similar sort of CGI heavy look about them. There is, there is a lot of CGI here. Don't get me wrong. Like Wakanda's a very futuristic place, but I just think it, it adds something to it. I think, and all the. The cast as well. I think everyone's everyone's on top form did, here. Lupita Nyong'o is superb. Yeah, Lupita um, Nyong'o is fa- fantastic. I mean, did everyone else who've who's seen this movie see it in IMAX 3D? No, we saw it in 2D. Did, it, did it, it feel dark to you? That's, yeah, that's, the first, that's the 3D. first couple yeah. of scenes, and there were a lot of scenes in it that actually I was like, that should have been in 3D. Like, I should have watched yeah. that in 3D. There were a few. You, I can imagine there were because I remember sort of thinking like that's been put in there for 3D. But then, but then on the other hand, Jack, I think that our like IMAX 3D screening it does suffer a bit because a lot of the at least earlier part of the film is quite low light. It's and then dark. when you've got and it's then when you've got light darkens, reduction on that, 3D as well. darkens down the screen. If you take your, if you took your glasses off, a not much of the film is actually in 3D. I took my glasses off a few times in it, and actually it's fine. And actually, as soon as you take your glasses off, it brightens up the film. It's I mean, I do have to point out you 3D. did choose to see it in IMAX 3D. So, did, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to do that. But yeah, you lose light, but then, like Jack said, you're also gaining maybe I some of the. To, I choose to see it in IMAX. Yeah, I put up with the yeah. fact it's in 3D. Yeah, That's, fair, there's a difference there. Um, what did what did everyone else think of the film? I mean, I've got I've got one problem with it, but we'll start on the positive. We'll carry on with the positives. I assume they're positives. They are positive. They are positive. <laughs> yeah, where do you guys stand? Like, is on in general though, because Paul and I have talked about this probably loads. Are you like comic book movie people to begin with? Like, do you like comic book movies? Do you get excited when these things are coming out, or do you just think like oh, it's I another? Think, I think you can't help but get a bit excited yeah. because there's you go and see the trailer, then there's the second trailer, and especially off the back of Thor, Ragnarok. the last yeah, and Spider Man was it the last one? Homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. Mm. And you kind of I. Every time I'm like, oh, I'm bored of Marvel, I'm bored of Marvel, and then I do something that is genuinely a bit different. They've like, stepped I'm kind it up of, I'm, with yeah, this I'm, one. I'm still sold on it. I think it's the best one I've seen. 
Yeah. yeah, this one. Actually. It's up there, yeah. I, think I it's don't up there. like the ones like I like ones that are have like magically elements in. So like, I love Thor, but I'm not that into Spider Man, and because that's more yeah, like science. I, really and like yeah. I prefer either. stuff like there's so much more. I thought it was great. It was really great. Mm. Fran, I agree. Did you get past <laughs> how hot Michael B. Jordan is? No. Well, I did struggle. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, I afterwards I had to ask you. It was like, who was that really hot guy? He looked so familiar. I was you like, need I a couple knew. more hours in the gym, though. I think. <laughs> oh yeah, well, absolutely. What, yeah. Pete or him? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I think my favorite. I was talking about myself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's more than a couple of hours. Isn't that yeah. the first thing that we all spoke about? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought the other guy was really fit as well, though. Which one? Chabot Bozeman. Yeah. I thought it was Zach's guy. Let's even it up. Peter Nyong'o looked absolutely stunning. Everyone looks stunning. And let's also give shouts to the older generation. Angela Bassett, when she comes on screen. Man, like, she has looked after herself. I don't know how old she is now, but... Angela Bassett, I'll show you a picture. His mother, yeah. Oh, the one that yeah. the white dreadlocks. Yeah, she's yeah. beautiful. And also Stunning. going in, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. You want to say? I don't think he was that good in Civil War. I kind of was like, this might be the. the he wasn't really. Well, he wasn't in it that much. Like just films. I find that like yeah. there's too many people and the story's just gone because they're just trying to make room for them all. Yeah. But all the standalone comic films are always leading up to those bigger ones such as the Civil War Infinity but I don't War. think this was though which is nice because my, my one concern and I said the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 I was just I was really worried we were just going to get loads of building up to the next Infinity, to the next yeah, Infinity sure. War film and actually we didn't get that in Guardians 2 and there was barely a mention of it here I mean no. there was I mean the, the other person that needs a mention here is Andy Serkis oh as, wow as Clure. he is having so much fun <laughs> yeah, as the villain as oh, the villainous absolutely. arms dealer and uh, yeah he's, he's great he's massive he? as well like, I didn't yeah. expect that well and, and whilst we're on that Paul let's throw in Tim from The Office because Tim from The Office <laughs> Martin Freeman I feel oh, about no. him as well because he must feel so shit he's aged so. quite well though compared to yeah for but sure it just, it just looks like Tim yeah. from The Office and like he's he's in the background of all these like you know phenomenal uh, African American British uh, African actors you know really filling this thing with all this sort of life and then you've got Tim from The Office stood in the background kind of like kicking his heels not knowing what to do with himself that so was small, uh, yeah. yeah a bit awkward yeah I just think yeah, I'm not sure yeah, the hardest thing was Thor Baggins though because yeah. you know a little hot man yeah. like, little tiny I think there was one good scene with him in and he was in I don't the, think the scenes with him were bad I just yeah. think he yeah in the ship you really stuck out can I wade in with my negative sure Stop making these films just shy of two hours long, please, Marvel. It's over no, two hours. There's this, no I need. Think. Two hours yeah. fourteen, I think. Two hours There's no need. Minutes. Like the, my one, as I said, we talked about the fact that Black Panther was in Civil War. You you are likely to have seen Civil War before you come into this. There's like there's like a whole, I would say, twenty minutes of setup at the beginning that just the film. Had it been twenty minutes longer, I think you'd be sit you'd be sitting there. My letterbox would be there with a five star review going this is one of the films of the year without a shadow of a doubt and that's happened on on a number of occasions for Marvel films for me and I don't understand why they film they need to be this long it's just like it's almost like like Ryan Coogler submits a story and Marvel go no not long enough uh, cram some more exposition into it yeah it's right? like we have to swirl your story around in the like Marvel Universe soup and then just like <laughs> chuck that out and there I think that's a shame it I, think it, I think it, it stops this being something truly truly special I, I really think it does well yeah and I, and I mean relatedly the movie goes uh, early on and again it's not spoiling anything the movie goes early on to South Korea uh, a place that, that I visited. I don't know if I ever mentioned yeah. that on oh, the really? show yeah. or in my life. Went, yeah. No so so <laughs> they're, they're in uh, Busan, the second city in the south coast. Uh, it's a place I've also been to. Instead, have you ever have you ever got um, a train to Busan? 
son. I have actually. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, KTX son for life. But uh, yeah, that stuff I found like really engaging. Or maybe I'm biased because it was in Korea, but like it's a bit more kinetic. Like car chase is banging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. Right. I think that the bits that lose me a little bit, and maybe it connects with like what we talked <clears> about when we reviewed the last Star Wars movie, given that I'm not a huge sort of Star Wars guy either, is you know that sort of static expositional stuff where characters are just stood in the main location yeah. having a chat about what the story yeah, it's is. It's like, come on, this is a superhero film, just throw loads of action at us and we'll be happy with that. Yeah. You don't, you know. It doesn't really matter what the backstory is. I that mean, being said though, we did, we did applaud its backstory on. for setting it on the basis of But that can be done quickly. I mean, yeah, it could be done There are plenty yeah. of movies that set up their backstory efficiently and I think sometimes Marvel, they sort of drag their yeah. feet a just, bit. Yeah, just honestly, it could have been a five-star movie, it could have been one of the films of the year had it been a bit shorter. Apart from that, I don't really have much bad to say about it. Anyone no. else want to throw anything into I Black Panther? Think, why, why do we think that the setup for the story was long? I thought it wasn't bad. It was I, quite like a nice little fairy tale kind of thing. Yeah, maybe I, I misspoke. I don't know if I'm, if I mean the setup for the story. What I mean is more like the exposition in the story. I where mean people are in story. Wakanda and they're just stood around, like explaining. Yeah, but when do they do that? How they what, it, the whole first twenty minutes and what, Michael B. Yeah, Jordan like, doesn't arrive for ages. Like the yeah. villain, the the, the, the the crux of the story of Michael B. Jordan as the villain, he arrives about twenty minutes into the film. And I'm like, he's, he's wicked in this. Like get him in sooner. But that scene where get he comes in, sooner. in, I yeah. thought that was. But that, that's about 20 minutes in. That's, that's the slight problem. You didn't need it to although, yeah. although Fran probably does have a point. Maybe we're being overcritical because were we not reviewed the other day and told that 95% of what we say is utter bullshit on the show? No, I think you were reviewed. Uh, I was reviewed. 95% was utter bullshit. You were, I think, that? You were, I think, I think he, he singled you out for that. I think he said oh, you was, were was 100%. Was that your ex-producer no, 100%. That was, that was ex-producer Connor, yes. Yeah, who was, yeah, Connor. So hi, Connor, if you're listening. Uh, I think you've upset Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Black Panther, yay or nay? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Check Definitely it out. a thumbs up. It's wicked. Yeah. Two, two hands up with yep. little claws on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to end the show, we want to do something a little bit different, which is uh, well, end credits, which I've done plenty before, but um, basically just you know, it's Valentine's Day. It's the day of love. What is something related to films that you guys love? Anything at all. I don't want anyone to steal mine, so I wanted to go first. Go ahead. <laughs> Colour. I know Colour. that sounds mad, but like, you know, like we watched the Florida Project and the fact that, ho- that the whole thing seemed to be like in pastels. Obviously, like loads of the buildings were in pastels, yeah. but uh, also they did it in like La La Land and stuff like that. I love seeing stuff like saturated or undersaturated and the ways that that affects Nice, the good show. No That's argument, no argument for me there. Who wants to go next? I feel bad saying mine now. I like box sets that don't have art cards. Hey! Because <laughs> <laughs> continual battle of like, we can frame these and put them up. I'm like, no. Why do they do look want? good though. Those, they do look good. That's a selection. Yeah. And that's a I've good selection very, then. Yeah, but you've made a good selection down. of art cards. You've made a good yeah, selection. Yeah, but every film you want. I'll tell you what we'll do. Part. We will put after this show we'll put on Instagram the selection of art cards that Laura picked and then you yeah. can let us know if you think she's made a good pick because I think you have. Well I think I have obviously. Yeah, I think you have. <laughs> I, I think it's great pick. So you don't like box sets with art cards? No. Okay. I think for me I would have to say the the most or what I look forward to in a film is probably the score or the music. Uh, especially in the Black Panther, it was obviously Kendrick Lamar, as Paul said earlier. 
That yeah. was, it was fantastic. It, it made the film for kind me. of sets it apart from the rest of the sort of, does, run of yeah. the, the stuff. And we should probably, you know, give a shout out to Johan Johansson that Paul um, pointed out yesterday night, and I completely passed me by the the score um, or the the writer composer for things like. Arrival. Uh, what else am I missing? Sicario. Paul? Sicario. A theory of everything. Passed away at age forty-eight, just three or four days ago. No. So uh, he was actually due to play at a festival. It's that incredibly we're going inconsiderate because we were supposed to be seeing him at the festival we're going to. Yeah, in, it's, it's uh, a sad loss. And yeah, like you say, Jack, it makes such a big difference to to some of your favourite movies, doesn't it? The, it does. The score. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to say I love when you see a really good movie and like you're with a good audience so the film finishes and the audience just kind of stay for even a minute you know in their seats at the end and kind of take it in because so often you get to the end of a film and everyone runs out Put like they're you know desperate to go to the toilet or whatever they're going to do and yeah I just love that when you're sat there and everyone's sort of experiencing something for a little bit it's nice anything else Brand anyone movie. else don't you understand the question? Anything you love related to films? So it could be like a genre film? It can be me. This podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I just love the podcast. There yeah. we go, see? Uh, no, it's not what I was going to say. <laughs> I love classic films. I like watching old movies from the 1940s. I like to watch the world was in black and white, but it's not in black and white, but you know what I mean. And to step back into like the it world. It was in black and white. No, that's no, a fact. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, not even just that. Just like in the time era. You know when men used to just grab women and shake them a lot? <laughs> Yeah. I really like watching miss. that. I don't want that to happen. But <laughs> I like Hashtag me it. too. I'm crazy about that. <laughs> what do you think about that? What do you think about that? I don't know. Yes, love it. Um, good. Right. Do you know what I'm excited about? What I love about film? What's that? I'm moving. I've got an OD and Limitless card, so I don't have to go to Cine World anymore. Oh, for God. Yes. Oh, can we just like one up on that, though? What, what's our one up? What we love about films oh my are, word. is that we're going to get oh, yeah. married in a cinema. We're getting married in oh, a cinema, what? you guys. Oh, I'm very jealous of that. We're going to walk down the cinema aisle. That's no, right. I'm going to walk down the cinema aisle. You're already <laughs> there. Just, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> I don't know how these things work. I haven't done them before. Well, no, I, I, do, I, walk, I, walk I mean, if down. it was a cinema in Mauritius, then you might top us. We're, we're swapping yeah. out confetti <laughs> for popcorn. It's going to be... Well, it is a cinema in your new hotel. So. Terrific. <laughs> I mean, it's good for us because we can just walk out. Oh, local, I know, right? Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think everyone agree that above and all, we, we love every single poor soul who listens to this thing for an hour plus per week. Uh, we will be back yeah. in a week's time, oh. I guess. It's slightly under a week, probably, Paul, because we'll get this out before the, the yeah. Wednesday next week, I should think. Um, until then, get at us on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, etc. Uh, you know those details because we repeat them at the end of every single show. Until the next time, hey everyone, say goodbye. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. Happy V-Day. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and sit down.